Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. We appreciate y'all tuning into this episode of the Behind the Mask Podcast with Hall of Fame wide receiver and wine connoisseur Terrell Owens. Make sure you subscribe to the Behind the Mask Podcast. Follow us on social media at the BTM Podcast. Click the bell for notifications and share. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Remember, on the Behind the Mask Podcast, there's only one rule. There are no rules. Season three, we underway. Let's go. Let's go behind the mask. Coming to the stage is our first sponsor. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. NBA is in full swing and college basketball heats up as the schools make their way to the madness. The tournament is coming, and so is the $100,000 Bracket Madness Contest, as BetOnline is the spot to be for all of your bracketology needs. BetOnline has you covered for all of the news, scores, odds, all of that good stuff. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head to the website, betonline.ag. Or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports. I, this is one thing experience. that I do know for sure. You're a principal dude, like always been a principal dude. Yeah. And it was more so, it was more of that more than anything. Uh, I, I fast forward and then I look at some of the things that you see that's going on in our society. Um, in particular, what we went through for the entire of 2020, mm-hmm. just from you turning into a social activist and being on the streets in West Hollywood, marching down the street um, for Ahmaud Arbery, George Floyd. And that part, you know, it's hard to fit that role because a lot of people will look at it from the outside looking in and say, well, why are you doing that when you easily could just be playing football? But then some people could just be like, hey, just shut up and play football. You take it as something more. You feel you have a fiduciary responsibility to, to address it and, and be one of the leaders. What, what, what drives you on the inside when it comes to the social activism? Well, I mean, when you think about growing up in the South and, and my grandmother uh, raised me as well as my mom, um, my grandmother, again, I, she shared many things with me growing up as a kid, um, me knowing and her sharing with me her story of, you know, uh, going through the, the segregation era. Um, you know, dude, it's, it's hard for me to, to fathom or think that, okay, they had to go to an only black bathroom or drink from an only black water fountain, um, things that were designated for our color. Um, just think where we are now today. Uh, just like when it's men and women's bathroom, just imagine like we today having to go to just bathroom stalls that were for black, for us as black people. Um, those are some of the things that she taught me, um, filled me really kind of a lot of uh, really kind of my, my inner strength and, and things that I had to deal with even while playing football and things that I was aware of that I may not have uh, felt I had the voice to uh, to voice. Um, and you think now the social media platforms and, and what Colin Kaepernick did, what, about five, six years ago um, to really, um, you know, uh, grant a lot of us as athletes 
um, give us a, give ourselves a voice. And so he's done that. And so with these uh, these social media platforms and what has come full circle as as recent as 2020 uh, at the hands of and the death of, of George Floyd uh, for eight minutes and 46 seconds, I think the world got a chance to see. And they got to see when the world was at, was sort of at, at a still place and they were able to observe and see kind of what's been going on through the eyes and in the dark and behind closed doors uh, for, for us as black people. And as a black community, they saw it in broad daylight, um, broad daylight in Minnesota when the officer basically stood on this guy's neck uh, for eight minutes uh, and, and 46 seconds. And so for me, being a black man, um, not really knowing really kind of what, where I would be or what I could do uh, in today's society, um, me understanding now that I have kids, I'm a father, I'm a son, um, I'm a brother, um, I have a duty. Um, you know, to, to, to help my own. So the things that I've experienced throughout the course of my career, um, again, probably wouldn't have been able to, to, to shed that light or share it uh, without being, you know, basically greatly criticized or, you know, just basically, you know, accused of, you know, false information. Um, but now you see where we are. Um, me, like I said, as a black man, a father, uh, it, it, it was, it's my duty. Uh, to be able to stand up for my people. I don't sit back and just tweet, um, share stories or what have you. Have you. Uh, I wanted to get on the front lines and, and, and be there for my people because you think about the, the, the history, the lineage uh, of, of, of who we are. There are so many that have sacrificed. There are so many that has, has died for us. Um, and so I feel like I'm no different when it comes to the social uh, injustice, um, the social inequality of where we are in America right now, um, that I can't be at the forefront to do whatever I can to try to promote or, you know, provoke, pr promote change. Also, man, like we've had such a responsibility to pay it forward. And I know you do a lot with, with other young uh, players in terms of mentoring them. The, the odds are so much stacked against us, right? You talked about everything going on off the field. Tequila and I actually marched last year with our, our children as well, him with his daughter, me with my son, very emotional. But again, the odds are stacked against us, right? Yeah. And you have these people that we put trust in. We put trust in the system. We put trust in our agents. We put trust in our financial advisors. We put trust in the people around us that we think have more education than we may have had in our early 20s, right? right. So right. how do we get these young players and these young men to avoid some of the pitfalls that we've encountered in the league, knowing that, again, we put that trust out there and, and the odds are so much stacked against us. Man, when you think about the odds, you know, you know being stacked against us, uh, obviously, like I said, I'm not aware of you guys' uh, upbringing, if you had a mom and a dad in the household. But for me, I didn't have a dad. Uh, my grandmother and my mom raised me. Um, when you talk about us being successful, uh, uh, entering into the National Football League, when you say enter into the National Football League, for us, that registers money, uh, especially in the black community. Uh, it's an opportunity to really uh, better ourselves, uh, better uh, our family. Um, obviously, like I said, you know me, knowing and, and just standing in and welfare and welfare lines. Um, obviously, the WIC lines, WIC uh, women, infant, and children. I don't know that may sound foreign to a lot of people, um, but if you grew up in that area era um, where you were on welfare, that's what you did sometimes. You stood in those lines. 
Um, you talk about the blocks of cheese and things that, that they give you as you go through those lines. I was, I, I, I familiarized myself with that. I was a part of that. When you talk about being uh, on welfare, having food stamps and things of that nature, I was on that. My mom was on that. And so now, um, like I said, fast forward for me, getting into the league, I had no idea, no earthly idea what I was getting myself into. There was so much that was foreign to me. I didn't know nothing about an agent. Um, my junior, my senior year, uh, when I obviously had knew that I had an opportunity to play at the next level, uh, I didn't know how to handle the process. I didn't have anybody to talk to. I didn't have a dad to call and like, yo, dad, how do I handle this situation? My grandmother barely, she didn't even want me to play football. So it wasn't like I was calling her like, grandma, you know, how do I handle this situation? Um, or I, my mom, she, she, she really didn't know. I was just going to school for all she knew um, just to play football, and I was playing basketball. Um, so all these things came just, just so fast uh, to me that I just didn't know what I was getting myself into. And you think about, you know, my first agent, he was you know, small. It was like a dad-son uh, agency. It was Jam Sports, uh, Joseph Athletic Management. Um, they reached out. Um, I went with them. Um, I really didn't have a whole lot of choices. And at that time, like I didn't know what was the right choice or what, what was not the right choice. I just went kind of like, you know, what I was comfortable with. I saw a white guy. He had some glasses. He had a nice polo shirt on, button down. He looked smart. So I thought, okay, cool. Uh, he basically said all the right things. I'm sure you guys have heard it. And these kids growing up that was coming to the league, they're going to hear it too. You know, we're going to take care of your best interests. Uh, uh, you know, we're going to have your best interests at heart. Uh, we're going to manage your finances. We're going to make sure your family is, is straight. We're going to do make sure everything is, 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 is A1. And so that's what I went to. And then after some years, like I said, you know, separated from my first agent uh, for a number of years after my, I guess, my eight years going into uh, my ninth year with San Francisco and I switched agents. Uh, I then switched over to, um, they called in the shark. Um, Drew Rosenhaus, oh, Drew and Jason Rosenhaus, um, you know, was it Rosenhaus Sports uh, Representation, RSR. Uh, I went with them. And so uh, at that time, uh, he was considered the shark. Now, as I sit here today, he's a snake. If you really look at it, if I, if I had to uh, categorize or, you know, assess, you know, my, my, my involvement with him the short years that I did. Um, for me, as I sit here uh, today and I'm trying to find the right and the wrong thing to say, um, not to get myself in trouble, but I've, I've thought about it. And the wrong the wrong thing to say is to say nothing, because I feel like I have a responsibility going through what I've gone through, um, really making the money that I've made and. Drew Rosenhaus, who basically referred a financial advisor to me by the name of Jeff Rubin, who basically mismanaged, really misappropriated a lot of funds, not only for myself, but a number of Drew Rosenhaus's clients. Uh, part of my reason for jumping in with, uh, with, with, with Rosenhaus uh, Sports was because they had, at that time, like he had like about 80, 80 to 100 clients. And a lot of those guys were top picks. Um, you talk about Ray Lewis, Jeremy Shockey, Clint Portis, Javon Kirst, like all these names that I'm know I'm naming. You guys know these are top these are top guys in the league, and they were getting paid. And so I jumped at the opportunity, obviously, to get my full market value and get what I felt like I ultimately deserved based on the work that I was putting in in the offseason. So 
Uh, for me, man, um, I want to be able to shed light um, really on some of the crooked agents out there, the ones that I know I've dealt with, uh, Drew Rosenhaus and his firm. Um, again, we back in, I think, 2014 uh, here in Miami, uh, we tried to reach a settlement because of I felt like there was some involvement with him um, really um, yeah, he recommended or referred, uh, Jeff Rubin to me. And so as a result of, I lost a lot of money because of that. Um, I know because I've gone into, uh, talking to my lawyers, attorneys, um, you know, going, being in mediation and things of that nature, uh, not privy to the, to the public. There were things being said that I knew that they were aware of. And so, uh, again, entered into a, a non-disclosure about certain things. And then, like I said, money. Uh, that was being that was supposed to be transferred or being paid to me uh, as a settlement. They tried to. It, 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 it was so sneaky the way that how they can manipulate and try to deceive um, from a standpoint of they didn't want the settlement uh, to be a settlement. They wanted to try to make it look like it was. Uh, they were not at fault. Yes. And when in doing that, they wanted to hire me as a consultant. So if anybody man, found stop, out man. or did some research or did some research on this, that it didn't look like they paid me as a settlement. And so, bro, I sent you, I sent you um, uh, earlier I, to your phone. I'm like, yo, just to show you that I'm not blowing smoke. I, I don't, I don't lie. I don't have no reason to from my attorney about certain things that they wanted me to say. And I emphatically, I said no, because I wasn't in agreement with that. I don't care how much money it was. And so for me, uh, I feel like guys, parents, especially parents, uncles, uh, you know, we talk about moms, dads, uh, granddads, people that are in support of their kids going into the league. And again, like I said, if you don't have that financial literacy, that financial background to understand what you're getting into, how to manage your financial portfolio, you're going to find yourself in a situation just like me and just like others have, you know, putting your trust into these agents putting your trust into these financial advisors. So if there's anything that I regret throughout the course of my career emphatically is not doing the due diligence of the agents that I hired and then holding them accountable. And so again, at the end of the day, if I wasn't the Hall of Famer, bro, I, I no lie, I would be struggling. I would probably be struggling. Well, probably not because I'm handsome and I'm kind of <laughs> smart and I'm kind of And you smart. can wine and dine Olivia too. <laughs> right, right. And I'm kind of smart. So I would have created and <laughs> tried to find something to make ends meet. But at the end of the day, I would be literally trying to make ends meet if I wasn't the Hall of Famer that I was on that football field um, because of the opportunity that football gave me. I now have other business opportunities that have come to, to me and have come to fruition because of what I did on the football field. But at the end of the day, uh, I, I stress to a lot of these moms and dads, uncles and uncles, uh, grandmas and grand granddads out there that are watching behind the mask uh, podcast. I appreciate this platform to be able to share some of the things that I've gone through. Cause at the end of the day, bro, trust me, I lost so much money, bro. I, there were some dark days when you talk about, and it ain't got nothing to do with no CTE, no nothing. It's just the fact that these people have, they took it full advantage of, of, of really the, the, the inexperience and just the lack of knowledge that I had as an athlete. And again, these agents, they know. They know what has transpired. When you talk about Drew and Jason, dude, I had no issues with them when I played with them. And then when things hit the fan, 
Bro, then they want to come out and start to say negative things. Bro, I barely even talked to my agents. And I lived, I lived right here in Miami. Jeff Rubin lived in Fort Lauderdale. I lived in Sunny Isles and like 20 minutes from from I uh uh Jay, Drew and Jason, they didn't live too far from me. Bro, I can count on one hand out of the what year and a half that I was with them and I lived in Miami. I can count on probably one time uh, one hand how many times that I actually saw them. And then after all the things that hit the fan, they wanted to say, oh, well, they started to say all these negative things about me when none of that was ever the case throughout the course of the time that we, that, that I, uh, they were representing me, bro. I was nothing but a professional. Um, I was doing my thing in, in, in Miami, working out, doing what I needed to do to become, a t- to, to become the best athlete that, that I, that I could. Um, like I said, there was an NDA that they drew up uh, that I wouldn't say any disparaging um, remarks and things of that nature about them. The reason I'm talking about it now is because they breached that they, they breached that agreement based on something they saw because at one point in time they were representing Antonio Brown. And so with our agreement, again, they said I was not to say anything disparaging against them because of the settlement. So they were trolling, I guess. Uh, they were having some tension with with AB. AB posted something, and so I responded to that post. And so with me, um, I responded to AB's post, and it was something in general. Uh, I mentioned something about whatever it was, and then I said agent. And so they took it upon themselves to interpret me saying agent as if I was talking about them. Damn. But I was just talking in general. So with our agreement, for me, they stopped paying me. They stopped paying me because they saw that as me breaching the agreement that I was saying something disparaging against them. And that's not what I said. So they had my attorney call me and address the issue. And I told my attorney, I said, dude, I said, read this, read my statement. I said, yes, I can get where it can look like or they can interpret or they think or they try to determine that it said or it meant for it was meant for them. I said, but I was speaking in general. I didn't say no specific names. So if I wanted to talk about Drew Rosenhaus, then that's what I would have said. So it went back and forth, back and forth for a couple of weeks, and they stopped paying me. So for me, when they stand me, that was a breach in itself. So right now, I have no, bro, I am not even worried about them listening to what I'm saying and trying to go after me because they stopped paying me. And in that agreement, if they stopped paying me and they were late or they were late for a certain amount of days or whatever, they were supposed to pay me 10% plus whatever, whatever. So mm-hmm. I don't really care, really, to be honest, you know, how it may come out or how it looks, but I want to be able to tell and share my story with a lot of these athletes out here um, that honestly have, that have obviously, I'm sure, have been told the same thing by different agents or what have you, but manage your portfolio, stay on top of these guys. Um, and again, like I said, you won't end up in a situation like myself and others. Wow, that's heavy, man. Like we've all had our situations where we we dealt with either agents or people that, you know, say they want to have our best interests at hand and and, kind of they betray our trust. And that's the hardest part, bro. You know what I mean? So I definitely feel for you. I appreciate we appreciate you telling your story, really going behind the mask, man. Trust me, it's 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 not a problem. Like I said, man, I feel like honestly, like I said, I, I told I told I told Spikes, I said, man, I prayed on this. And like I said, I think the wrong thing to say was to say, is to say nothing. Right. That would be the wrong thing to do. 
And I feel like I have a, a responsibility to share my story. And because, again, I'm sure there are a lot of guys, again, that have, like I said, they're going to be told the same thing that I was told or you guys were told, and they're going to actually believe it. And then, like I said, Drew and Jason, again, trust me, they know what's at stake. I'm sure they're probably not going to go out right now and try to manipulate or uh, or do anything faulty right now, but they're going to probably try to find the right one that's not paying attention and do the same thing. Bro, it was so much information that I saw and I heard in that mediation that, trust me, I have no problem calling calling these guys a snake. And the fact that they tried to basically uh, try to uh, create a scenario where if somebody were to research what I'm talking about, they were going to try to protect themselves from, a, a, I guess, a verbiage standpoint to say that they, oh, well, I, I, I paid him X amount of dollars as a consultant. Bro, they wanted me after all the things that they did to me, bro, especially when they had my mama come to Florida. They had my mama come to Florida and I, 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 I sent for her to, to, to be there for support for me. And bro, yeah. then they reneged. They reneged on the actual uh, uh, settlement from 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 the beginning, and then we had to come back and revisit like a few years later. Bro, that that was that was the icing on the cake for me. That was icing on the cake. And then the fact that they knew all the stuff that was going on, and then they try to protect themselves, you know, from a, from the public standpoint by saying, "Oh, well, if they somebody researches this, um, they're gonna see that we we paid him, so they know that we we're wrong if we pay them settlement." So they try to draw the language up at, to, to have me work as a consultant. And this was this was a, a, an ultimate slap in the face. They wanted to put on there, I'm training their future draft receivers. I'm like, what? Bro. Are you kidding me? So they wanted to make it seem like in the end of the day, you were a part of it too, but not directly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So again, man, like I said, uh, you know, like I said, behind the mask, like I said, bro, it's it's behind everything. It's behind the man. Me. Um, and that's what like I said. I wanted to just share that story. Um, and like I said, like I said, I have no reason to hide. Um, at the end of the day, like I said, people want to say this and that about about T.O. Um, at the end of the day, bro, I mind my own business. I stay in my lane. Um, I feel like uh, I've been blessed to 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 do a lot of things. Uh, the NFL obviously has afforded me a lot of opportunity to do the things that I've done. Um, bless my family, bless my friends and bless others. You know, I've even blessed some strangers. Uh, to, to be quite honest with you. So uh, for me, man, I just uh, I just thank God for where I am right now. And thank God for just the platforms that like this uh, to, to be able to, to share our stories. I know, like I said, these platforms can be used uh, to really kind of disclose and, and share a, a number of topics about different things and what have you. Uh, but this is part of who we are. This has been part of our lives for, for a number of years. So yeah, yeah, we talk about wine. We can talk about, you know, any and everything else. Um, but this is part of uh, the life of really uh, Hall of Famer, uh, uh, you know, well-established, successful football players. Um, again, we all have had, you know, some highs and lows throughout the course of our careers. And like I said, it doesn't come, you know, without a little strife uh, along the way. Um, but that's that's what makes us who we are. When you talk about those de December babies, man, when you talk about being born <laughs> in December, uh, that's who we are, man. That's who we are. Hey, cheers to that, my brother. Salute, salute, salute. Mm -hmm. Let the audience know, man, about get your popcorn podcast, where they can find it, where you streaming. Hey, no, you are asking. Your brother has to talk about it. I'm mean, getting it in, bro. bro. We, we watch it. We be oh, watching. No, 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 for sure. I mean, I watch you guys, too. I see you guys posting, promoting, branding, marketing, all that stuff. So it's, it's, it's hard to deny. 
you, you, you can't deny what you guys are, are bringing to the table. Uh, I mean, I've learned a lot about, you know, uh, Spikes just through through social media, things that I, I never even knew. I mean, he's into photography, all types of stuff. Who would know a big, chunky trap neck? <laughs> That's what the neck used to look like, bro. Yeah, yeah, trap neck dude, uh, you know, walking around with a little measly camera trying to capture some some photogenic, some some, some people that's photogenic trying to catch us, capture some nature, all types of stuff. And I'm about to drop uh, yeah, that what, uh, too. Yeah, but that's what these uh, these uh, these platforms are about, man. And uh, yeah, when you talk about you know what myself and Hatcher are doing with my podcast, get your popcorn ready. Right now, we're on a little bit of a hiatus. We've done so well uh, with our show that we're in negotiations with uh, a couple of production companies. Uh, so right now, uh, hopefully within the next couple of weeks, uh, we'll be back. We'll resume uh, and get back on track. But that's that, that's a good thing to have. Uh, we're, we're doing some good stuff. And so we're bringing a lot of great content uh, to the show, to uh, to, to people. Um, so, again, it, with podcasts, it's not so heavily sports driven. Uh, we talk about a lot of the trending topics. Um, obviously, during the course of uh, the summer last year, uh, there was a lot of things that went on as far as, the, you know, obviously with George Floyd. Um, a lot of things with the social injustice, uh, social inequality. Uh, we try to bring a lot of evergreen topics, uh, you know, to the show as well. So uh, we try to mix it up, man. Just to, you know, just because we're we're athletes, that doesn't mean that uh, we can't provide, you know, the public with a lot of a lot of content. So one thing I was really saying, I was saying that, uh, you know, um, thing about LeBron James, I don't agree that he's uh, the greatest of all time. Uh, you know, you guys, I've already told you. Uh, MJ and Kobe are my number one and two. Uh, but one thing that I, I, I applaud LeBron James for is really his involvement uh, in the community, uh, really uh, tackling the social uh, issues uh, that, that has played uh, our community, uh, our country over the last year or so. Uh, but one thing he, he has said and he's calling it like we are more than athletes. And so I feel like, uh, again, it's a duty of, of us, uh, us being on this show, um, you guys hosting this thing, um, we're just not going to shut up and do whatever, whatever, play whatever sport. All right, man. Before we let you get out of here real quick, got to give you two shout-outs for two of our former guests. Nephew DK Metcalf said you was top five on his Mount Rushmore all the time. So, you know what I'm saying? Got to give you a salute to that. Uh, Yo, he said he he said I was I was not. Yeah, man. hell yeah, you was, man. He said, you was, he, he said, what was it, OBJ, Julio, this is his top five. Yeah. Um, Megatron, Randy Moss, and you. you know. Oh my God! And he broke yeah. down everything. He broke down everything. You know, you did on on the routes. How you go up and get it, snapping down on the brakes. Four wide receivers that you looked up to, or you felt were four of the best of all times. Who would those four be? To he could take a little shallow cross, break ten tackles, take it to the crib. Big shout out from DK to you. Oh, that's what's up, man. I mean, a lot of people now we watch him. This guy right here, like I said, I didn't. I didn't have his speed, uh, you know, going into the league as he, as he's uh, he's basically taking the league uh, by storm with. Um, obviously, when you talk about the size, the physical uh, aspect of his game, uh, which is so noticeable, um, that's something. Again, like I said, when you talk about that, we I use that to my advantage. Um, but I got faster. Um, I increased my speed um, year after year, especially after my third or fourth year in the league. Um, that was something that I wanted to. Uh, uh, really enhanced, and, and so that's what I did with my off-season training. And I think uh, obviously, I'm saying we uh, we played against each other. 
Um, you guys may have been able to witness that that speed, you know, uh, you know <laughs> near and far. But you know, I, I ain't here to toot, I ain't here to toot my own horn. Hey, like I tell people, I try to tell these kids, man. I'm not. I wasn't four two, four three coming out of coming out of college. But when you saw me on that football field, I had what you call game speed. There are a lot of guys like DK Metcalf that still he has that track speed and that game speed. There are a lot of guys that have track speed, but it doesn't translate, you know, to the football field. So, yep. again, when you talk about me being a late bloomer, uh, all the things that I, I mentioned and alluded to earlier, um, that's something that I wanted to, 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 to really, uh, really be on the same level with because the game of uh, football, especially in the National Football League, and you guys know, at every level from high school Pee-wee high school, uh, junior high, high school, college, into the pros. The thing that separates the athletes is the speed. That's that's first and foremost. Oh, yeah. And then the skill set. Um, but it's not also just about speed. Um, but that was just something, a part of my game that I felt like in order to kind of really separate myself um, from, from, from the pack, especially when you talk about that 1996 draft, which, which was a draft of basically a number of uh, top receivers in the league. You guys go look that up. Um, I was probably like 11 or 12, uh, number 11 or 12 uh, picked um, in that draft. So I that was something that I wanted to be, be a part of. It's like I don't, because I realized I wasn't fast after my first three years in the league, especially my rookie, my first rookie game. Man, I thought I was in a blender. Everybody was moving <laughs> so fast around me, dude. I was like, what have I gotten myself into? So, oh bro, it, it, it made me nervous because I'm like, man, if I'm not able to move as fast as these guys and get away, how am I going to be a how, how am I going to be a receiver, bro? I felt like I was moving like a tight end, but I was playing the receiver position. <laughs> that's how fast it went around me. I did. trust me. That's how, bro. Trust me. That got me on point real quick. Check this out. But in that, now I tell kids. I tell kids. I, I tell kids today. I wasn't 4-2, I wasn't 4-3, wasn't 4-4. I'm probably that now, but coming into the league, you've never if you Google me, I've never been caught from behind. You've always seen me separate. And those are things that I I worked on to uh, uh, in the offseason to enhance and better my game year after year. He basically assessed what I needed to do. I knew what I wanted to do, playing with the best receiver of, of all time in Jerry Rice. And so he set that bar. And so that's what I I, I went for. So, hey, you mentioned the 96 receivers. I, how much of that played into a part of, like, I, how, much, how much am I really checking at the end of the day on Sunday what Eric Moles is doing, what uh, Marvin Harrison is doing? None, because they was, on a different level than I, one bro, they was on a different level than I was. Honestly, you know, some guys, their skill set uh, had progressed. Uh, they was on, it was on a different level than I was. Bro, I literally, I steadily had to get better year in, year in and year out. Uh, if you look at how Randy Moss stepped on the scene, bro, he was, bro, he was scoring, what, 15, 16, 17 touchdowns as a rookie. I probably didn't have 17 touchdowns in my three years. So that just tells you really kind of the, 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 the elite these guys were on versus where I was. And so when I talk about my 3Ds, I truly mean that to heart. When I reflect back on my Hall of Fame career to be ultimately inducted into the Hall of Fame, it it's heavily on those three Ds. I desire number one. 
I had to dedicate myself and I had to discipline myself. You knew, I, bro, I lived in Atlanta for a number of years. Yep. In the off season, yeah, those those uh, those couple of months where I just I used that to kind of do what I wanted to do, eat what I wanted to eat. But when April came, that was when I was I was bro, I was on another level. I didn't. Yeah. I ate healthy. I didn't do no drinking. I still parted. I hung out, but I knew yeah, I did. had to go work out the next day. So right. that was where that dedication came into play. When you talk about discipline, a lot of these kids don't know about discipline. They can have the desire all day long, but they don't want to apply the work that, that that that's needed to get them to the assistance of myself, you two guys, whomever they're looking at or whomever they idolize. They just see the end result, and they don't want to go through the process. For me, I fell in love with the process of success once I started to see what it was like. My first three years, bro, I just did what every kid in America does going into the league and probably what 80 to 90% of them do now. They eat whatever, drink whatever, no proper sleep. But once I became knowledgeable about really what my body needed, optimized my performance, bro, trust me, that discipline, when I went out and I went to clubs and guys were drinking in the club, popping bottles, this and that, the other, or they were eating fried chicken wings or whatever, bro, you wasn't I'm drinking that. water, I'm drinking mm -hmm. juice. Bro, I even had people laugh at me. I remember I'm in I'm in visions. I'm in 112. They ordering they ordering uh wings, <laughs> everything. I ordered a salad, mind me. Bro, <laughs> bro, hey. I'm ordering a salad. They thought, they thought I was weird. Dog, I remember. But for me, it's my discipline. Dude, I got so obsessed with the success that I was having after I had acquired my training my after my fourth year, my third year in the league. Yep. And he basically says, and I told him what I wanted to work on. I wanted to like, hey, this was this was my mindset because appearance, aesthetics, it 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 goes a long way in, in a number in a number of uh, a number of ways and a number of things in a lot a lot of areas. And so for me, aesthetically, I told him I was like, I want to work on my abs, my arms, my chest, and my calves. That was my first year because I wanted to, like I said, I wanted to get bigger, faster, and stronger. And so after that. He basically kind of just watched every year what he thought I needed to work on, but speed was something that I lacked. I told you guys, my my rookie year, my first two or three years, I man, I, I was, I mean, people were moving so fast around me. I'm like, yo, I, I don't know if I'm gonna make it. And then so we fast forward, man, I'm in the offseason, I'm training, I'm doing this, I'm, I'm he's teaching me how to eat, my nutrition. I started to see my results, it started to go through the roof. Once I started to see my th those results based on what I did, bro, it was it was obsessive. It was obsessive to the point that like people saw me, bro. People, I remember when I first came, I got in the league. The, the defensive backs they said when I walked in the locker room, they said, "Yo, did y'all see number 15? I was number fifteen as a rookie. They was like, "Yo, y'all see this dude?" They thought I played like safety or I played linebacker. And then they found out that I played receiver. Oh, they buckled up their chin straps. Real tight. So when you think about where I be, where I ended up, it was a process, bro. I, I, I fell in love with the process of becoming great once I started to really – things that I needed, um, I saw the results of it. And like I said, it was just a relentless pursuit of greatness. When you talk about some of the guys um, that in, in perspective sports like baseball, basketball, soccer, whatever, uh, boxing, there's a reason why they're on a whole lot of great – athletes in those sports there's only it's, it's it's always a handful and it's all those it's always those handfuls that that they do something a little bit different they're wired a little differently and for me 
like I said, I didn't talk about one of the, you know, as one of the greatest with, you know, uh, with the likes of, you know, Kobe and, 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 and uh, uh, Deion Sanders and Jerry Rice and all the greats that have played the game. I had no earthly idea when I, when I, when I stepped on campus uh, in, in, in 92 at UT Chattanooga and when I left UT Chattanooga in 96 and stepped, stepped on the scene with the San Francisco 49ers in 96, had no idea that I was going to become a Hall of Famer. But like I said earlier, I had everything I went through in high school, everything that I went through in college, it motivated me. It inspired me. And that's what I wanted to do and, and didn't realize really toward the end of my career, that's what I was doing for a younger generation. Just as a lot of guys have watched, you know, guys at our perspective, uh, our positions, yeah. uh, utilized them, uh, basically looked at them as idols, um, just basically set the bar for them. I didn't know that that's what I was doing for a younger generation. And now people look at me just like people look at Michael Jordan, uh, Takeo, Tatum. Like people don't, people don't understand what they're doing while they're in the process of, of of becoming someone. And so for me, I never knew that that's what I was doing. And so now I feel like it's a responsibility to do that, to motivate, to inspire, to give back. And when you talk about desire, dedication, and discipline, discipline is really key. You can have the desire all you want to, but if you're not willing to go through that process and really, really dedicate yourself and discipline, easier said than done. And discipline, like I said, is very, very key because discipline is really the bridge between uh, your goals and reaching your success. That's what discipline is. You talked about that speed, brother. The whole world has seen you race cheetah. You know what I'm saying? Get out there. You're right. You did get caught from behind by one of the fastest cats in the league. But we also had Justin Gatlin on the Behind the Mask podcast, and he said – T.O. don't want this smoke. They say they can beat you guys in the race. I think they got the cheetah. You know what I'm saying? I know T.O. been talking smack. Chad Johnson. These guys, they really think they can compete with you guys on the track, man. Man, you know what? It's like it's like it's like you being it's like you being born in, in born. You are an adult in the 1940s and you see a Ferrari pull up. That shit just blow your mind. It just blow your mind. It's just, and that's how our speed is. Our speed is on a different level. You know what I mean? In two steps, we already two shoulder lengths in front of you. So, I mean, I entertain the fact, you know what I mean? I bring on all challenges. I love the race against football players. T.O. <laughs> T.O. already know what time it is. When we going to make that happen, man, the race, uh, race races. When we going to make it happen? <laughs> hey, 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 first of all, much respect to all those track athletes, those Olympic guys. But there's a reason why they run track, and a lot of them don't transition. <laughs> they may have played, they 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 may have played, you know, football, pop Warner, or somewhere in high school or whatever. But it's a reason why a lot of them don't make that transition, you know, from track athlete to, to playing football. There's maybe a couple, but you know, some of them a little do that. And it's all about transitioning. They can run a straight line, yeah. but can you can you can you have that COD, that change of direction? Can you transition in and out of routes? A lot of guys can't do that. And so when you talk about an Olympic athlete like Justin Gatlin. Trust me, I challenged myself to do it. He said he would give me what I think about the same amount of yards that Chita yeah. did. And he said he could get me. Yeah, he said he could get me in the hundred or the hundred meters. I said it doesn't matter with me because I'm I'm I'll be ready. But unfortunately, <laughs> there's some th- things that came up on this right now. My 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 hit list is is Brandon Marshall. He called me out. He called me out. I mean, I, I named a couple of guys that you know football wise that I felt like you know could compete or that had speed. He was one of those guys, and then he called me out and said, "Oh, well, let's 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 put a hundred k on the line." So for me, mm. I've I, I've been ready. People didn't even know, honestly, and you guys may not have known it, known this either. 
I was set when I raised Cheetah, I was seven and a half, almost probably eight months removed from ACE. Nobody knew that. I hadn't run, I haven't done anything. All I had been doing up to that point is rehab. That's it. And so with with uh with Brandon Marshall, now he's come out, he's wanna be part of the media. He wanna try to manipulate the media and say that I'm scared or I'm mad. <laughs> he he trying to say, first of all, he said I'm mad. No, I'm not mad, bro. He said two dates. I discussed it with him and his team, and he said, yo, the first date was November 21st. That didn't go but He basically told me, that I guess, the week that I did his show, that he wasn't ready. And then come to find, I guess, supposedly he had been training, putting all the film on, 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 on social media, on his stories. Like he was training, getting ready for the race. Then I do a show. He tells me, uh, supposedly, he pulled his hamstring. So then he goes, oh, well, let's do it in, let's do it in about a month. He goes, I need another month to, re- uh, another month to train. Dang, B-Marsh, So then, so then he 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 established the date twelve twenty two started. He that's how I know these things. I'm very intuitive. I don't I don't forget much. <laughs> he said twelve twenty two. I'm like, all right, cool. He goes on. He posts he posts more clips on 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 his story. Uh, you know, talking about is he ready? Am I ready? Talking about he's going. We're gonna run for the hundred k. And I'm like, all right, cool. I'm down. Whatever. He's backed out twice. Backed out <laughs> twice. Now he goes to the media and tell people that I'm mad at him. No, I'm not mad, bro. I just I'm I'm a person like I said, like 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 my boy personal principle, bro. I'm a person of, of integrity, I'm a person of my word. If you say something, back it up, follow, follow through with it. At the end of the day, bro, I'm taking time out of my schedule. Everybody's busy. You busy, I got kids, y'all got kids, he got kids, bro. We all busy. He's gonna try to say, Oh, well, I'm busy as to why he's backed out of the race. Bro, you knew that from the beginning. If nothing else, just say you let's just say you scared because I'm not scared. Oh, <laughs> just, at the end of the day, I'm gonna take my I'm gonna take my shades off for this one. Yeah. Because I hey if I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take I'm gonna take uh I'm gonna take Justin Gat Justin Gatlin's line. He don't want none of this smoke, bro. <laughs> trust me, he don't want none of this smoke. I would trust me. You I gotta get D but I got enough I got enough in the tank to run 60 yards because that's what he wants to run. He doesn't want to run the he doesn't want to run the 40. He doesn't want to run 100. So he says 60. I've never really run the 60, but I'll yeah. run it. It doesn't matter with me. So you here to accommodate them the same way you accommodated your quarterback throughout the years. Exactly. Like I said, bro. Like at the end of the day, he doesn't want to he, he doesn't even want to consider that I'm one of the goats. I wanted the goats. But it's cool. I ain't gotta be the goat. There's only if you want to say there's only one goat, and that's Jerry Rice, but guess what? I fit the description too. Can you wear that t-shirt in confidence? That's what I remember you saying. Oh, exactly. Hey, bro. I don't think I don't think he can wear it in confidence. <laughs> hey, wearing, I love it. Really? What, what would you think? I love it. Can he wear the shirt in confidence? He's, you heard what he said. He said he's, he was like, no. He admitted it. Exactly. Everybody, yeah, everybody, that, every, that, all of us that, are the that, goats that, from that. my own hood. Maybe he, you know, from his own hood, he could be the goat. I'm the goat in my hood. I ain't no goat in the league, though. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. If you want to go wear your goat in the hood, where well, ain't nobody where where the where your hood <laughs> thinks you the goat, then by all means, I got confidence to go on national TV or whatever and wear a goat hoodie. You know, designed by Deion Sanders' son, the greatest one, of the greatest of all time. So. Again, if I if I didn't really feel that, if I wasn't put in those conversations, then yeah, I wouldn't put on the hoodie. But like I said, if you don't want to consider me, you know, one of the goats, um, like my man said, I fit the description. Hey, 
<laughs> Enough said, bro. My dog, I appreciate you hopping on with us, bro. No. Yo, I got to take a moment to talk about our newest sponsor, eBay. Yep. As the original sneaker marketplace, eBay is the place to go to cop the freshest pair of shoes you've been eyeing. With eBay's authenticity guarantee, your sneakers are meticulously inspected by independent professional authenticators. Each sneaker also receives an authenticity guarantee tag that includes a digital stamp of authenticity. And it also protects sellers with a verified return process. Go to ebay.com slash sneakers today. eBay, the world's best destination for discovering great value and a unique hot selection. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.